1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, dogs and rats, children and babies, to the latest episode of the Woke Bros. I'm your gracious, cold big, wise, brain Yeah, I'm getting prop on y'all, man. Y'all, I can't wait till I explain to y'all why I'm propping now, man. But, hey, of course, I'm with my gracious co-host as always, Michael Brooks. What's good, Mike?
0: Hey, what's up, man? It's good to be with you as always.
1: Same, man. Same, and as as always, of course, Rob Lopez on the ones and twos. The evil producer, junior producer, baby, Doctor Junior, evil. I just made all that <laughs> up. <Evil>. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, before we get to Did the, the moon show, man, landing happen, Rob.
0: Um, that's up for the debate.
1: Yeah, see, there okay. you go. He's not pro or he's agnostic. Ah,
0: he's trying to be a third way. Third way. I'm open to all parties'
1: opinions. Yeah, he's, uh, uh, he's a wet blanket centrist, Mike. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, Rob, <laughs> you, you use that tactic because you want
0: everybody to love you, but that's how you make everybody end up hating you. I'm Bill Clinton in the 90s, I've learned. Just put in the middle. That's very, yeah. That's Rob. Rob's
1: sitting there. Rob's like, there's totally valid theories about the moon landing. And pandering to Latinos, by the way. Very Bill Clinton of you, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. I know my own. Now some people say (laughs) it happened Others (laughs) just question footage. Now I respect both opinions. There you go. Um, before we get into the show, we got a lot of dope things we want to get into, but uh May 18th has just been announced. Count the dings live in Chicago at the Lincoln Hall. Tickets are available right now for patrons because they got them first, of course, because, you know, we got to treat the VIPs like VIPs. But they go on sale tomorrow, March. Well, we're taping this on a Thursday. Tomorrow will be Friday, March 8th. So by the time you hear this, uh, the tickets will be available to the general public we just did Boston. It was incredible. The turnout was amazing, man. Uh, that everybody seemed to enjoy themselves and love the love that was in the building. So it was incredible. You won't want to miss Chicago, and of course. The TMBS LA live show on 420. Not that 420 has any residents here in California, Mike. <laughs> you know, at the Bootleg Theater <laughs> out there in Korea. Time. I don't I don't know. You know what I'm saying? The federal laws, that's still on the book, so I can't call it. And of course, as special guests, yours truly will be in the building in all my splendor, alongside the great Anna Kasparian of Young Turks fame. We got Nando Vila of the Athletic. I just read an article. I didn't even realize he was down with the Athletic until this weekend. I read an article about Real Madrid needed a new, you know, what I mean, striker. And of course, uh, damn, who's our third? Who's our third guest, Mike? <laughs> Sorry, that's <laughs> it, man. That's it. That's, oh, that's, that's the three. That's the three. That's the three. Big there three. were
0: four at the Bell House, but it. Okay, but that's LA. why. That's why. In LA, it's you, it's Nando, it's Anna, and then of course, David and, and Matt, and obviously myself. Um, best of, I mean, you know, I would say everybody, I mean, we actually released it. The video version is for TMBS patrons behind the wall, but we released the audio version that you can just go download on iTunes of the awesome. Bellhouse Live Show, and you can tell how much fun, how packed it was, how much energy there was. And also, as I got to say, like, again, because we're in, you know, we're still several weeks out over a month out. So, you know, now it's like the slow period. But just with the bell house and what the people tell me is like the fact that we're still selling tickets every day means that when there's that final rush in the last couple of weeks, you could be left empty handed. So get your tickets fast. Do it
1: up. Make sure to come see us. Absolutely. And on today's show, man, we're just going to get into the mess, not even a mess, but the situation that's going on with Ilyan Omar, the Democrats, the unnecessary pandering to the GOP, the unnecessary kowtowing to the Israeli regime, not even necessarily, the whatever, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the Michael Jackson documentary on HBO, some harrowing stuff on there. Some very, you know, distressing information came out on that, so we're going to touch into that. And, of course, we're going to get into that Brazilian letter because, you know, you know, that's one of our passions over here at, at the Woke Bros. But, of course, we got to start with Ilyan Omar. Anybody who listens to this show by now knows what happened. On Twitter, she basically said that the reason that politicians kowtow to israel the israeli government's wants essentially because i refuse to say like everything the israeli government wants is what all jews worldwide want right and i think that's a misnomer i think it's just bullshit it's a dodge when people try to make it sound like that the reason why it's anti-semitic actually right hey thank you Thank you, Mike. Yeah, yeah. The reason why our politicians show such deference to them is because they have a huge lobbying arm, right? And, and she, you know, she artfully probably put it, all things considered, when, you know, you have people who support the GOP, by the way, um, who will go on the Internet and talk about Jewish cabals and, you know, a mass conspiracy and stuff like, quote unquote, globalism. You know, it's problematic or ish, problematic ish the way she worded that tweet. And I personally think what was lost in all of that, but I think she did get back on message is that she wasn't making a point about Israel. She was making a point about money and politics. If you could see bipartisan, people getting bipartisan on an issue, you know there's a lot of money behind it. You know, that's whether it be warmongering. <laughs> Uh, overseas, uh, you know, uh, the the freaking Saudi regime, those kinds of things, like, they get broad acceptance from our Congress, from every single president. Like, you see that, and you know why. It's because there's a lot of money behind it, a lot of lobbying money behind it. But I just thought the Democratic response to this was ridiculous, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, 100%. And let me just say, like, as I as I do, I think the way you got to play these things out is some, you know. It, it depends what cycle the story's in. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, so, like, you know, I was willing. Definitely, actually, I mean, honestly, she had one tweet that she put out in 2012, way before she was a congressman, that definitely had anti-Semitic trope in it for sure. That, you know, she deleted and that's ancient history, right? In the current iteration, I think there's actually a broader point if we want to start on the smaller stuff before we get to like the real actual policy shit. But I think it's so disingenuous and in such bad faith. I mean, first of all, you have people on the right who insist, you know, that even just like straight up objectively racist comments aren't. Every single <laughs> right. second of life. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're like becoming the reader of subtle intentions when it comes to Elon Omar. And I also think more broadly, though, like, I think in general, it would be way co- healthier amongst, you know, forget, you know, people on the right don't have good faith about this stuff, but the people who do actually take whether it's racism or anti Semitism or sexism seriously. I actually think, in general, if you're dealing with somebody who is a fel- who's like a you know a comrade, uh, whether it's a mistake in word or deed, um, you know, sometimes actually it's much better idea to talk about this privately. Um, so right. it's like if people actually had genuine concerns, and I would say. There was some formulation. I would just go to her and be like, you know, I think you should just actually, honestly, just strategically be a little bit more attuned to how to communicate about this stuff effectively. So if it was if it was sincere, there's plenty of people that could have had meetings with her. And frankly, every step of the way, she showed nothing but sincerity and interest in understanding the actual issue of anti semitism, right? And I and that's the other big thing, right? There's Obviously, these big global conspiracies that are usually from the right, occasionally people on the kind of margins of the left that say that there's a Jewish cabal that controls the planet, and obviously, that's hateful and paranoid and wrong. Uh, but her main points are about a lobby that exists, like any right. other lobby, right. and then, even more broadly... I think that there are some people in Congress that definitely back Israel because it's the path of least resistance and because it's easier because there's money uh, to be had. But I think there's also some people who genuinely do believe and maybe it's somewhat generational that criticizing Israel is anti-Semitic. And I'm here to say you're wrong fundamentally. And first of all, to equate Israel with all Jewish people is a problem in and of itself, and also the other big problem of this conversation is we've gone several minutes here talking about this without getting to what she was actually pointing to, which is as an example – I mean, just one of, you know, literally hundreds, millions of examples here, you know, the UN commissioner of human rights just said Israel almost certainly committed abuses when they were, you know, murdering protesters in Gaza a couple of months ago. Just today, uh, when we're reporting this, a teenager was shot by a sniper. Just today, an Arab, uh, a, a center left Arab, but also Jewish Israeli party was barred from running in the Israeli elections at the same time that Netanyahu, that they actually allowed a Kahanist party to run. And that's not even far right, like Likud and all of the parties that govern Israel are definitely far right, racist, ethno-state parties. But the Kahanists are literally terrorists. Like there actually are you know, terrorist groups you that know- exist in Israel-Palestine too that are, that are Jewish terrorist groups. It isn't just Palestinian groups that engage in terrorism. So this is the actual context here, and the big freakout and the big resistance is uh, you know, people, especially the bipartisan consensus too long in Washington has been we're never going to actually talk about the substance of these issues. And her courage has – you know, she's like an imperfect vessel like all of us, but her courage has thawed that conversation, and uh, she's also taken a brave stand on Venezuela and many other issues, and that's why they want to destroy her.
1: And the crazy thing, too, is that I, I, I think about it in the sense that, like, the Israeli government can no more represent the interests of all Jewish people than a drone strike can represent me and you. <laughs> right. Like, right. that's to me, that's just what it is. Like, if if a, a jihadist would, would say, listen, when those people drop bombs on our heads, right. I can, I had the right to go out and kill any American because they did it in the name of America. Like, how could, like, how could that actually be the case? You know what I'm saying? Like th- those things don't happen in my name. Everything the government does is not a direct reflection of my will. You know what I'm saying? As an American. So I don't understand how you can say that about the Jewish people and the Jewish state itself, right? Not even the country that exists, right? The the, the the land and the people that are living there. I'm talking about the state, the government apparatus, you know, like that you can say right. is the quote-unquote will of the people, but is it really the will of all Jews? No. So that's why it's just so weird when people try to pivot that way. And again, her language was just could have been better, there's no doubt about that. But what she was saying applies to the NRA, like I said, it applies to the big pharma, it applies to, you know, obviously the military-industrial complex, like it applies to all of these ridiculous lobbies.
0: Yeah, Yeah, no, 100%, and the Democrats, you know, ended up passing this, hilariously, they passed this kind of bullshit resolution, but it was important because there was a huge amount of grassroots pushback You know, I contributed to her congressional campaign committee. And what the Democrats ended up passing was literally like, you know, it was like somebody joked on Twitter. It was like they basically put a hate has no home here sticker on their house. Some Republicans voted against it. Like Louis Gohmert said it was too far reaching, (laughs) which was great. And then um, (laughs) which is like exactly. And then and then um you know, but the only other thing I add before we pivot topics is like they, they did talk about anti Muslim prejudice, but it's going to be the real shift when, in addition to, of course, talking about condemning anti Jewish, racist, anti Muslim prejudice, uh, there'll be a specific, you know, anti Palestinian prejudice will also be, you know, thoroughly condemned. But, geez-
1: but you know what, Mike, we got to be happy that the conversation has shifted. To the left enough on is on um, stuff about Israel and Palestine. Th- th- it's nice. It's nice to see that like it's like, all right, we'll throw you a bone, but it's like, all right, we'll promise not to be anti-Semitic <laughs> if you promise not to be Islamophobic, right? Well, in a big and the last, thing you're probably, <laughs>
0: yeah, right, exactly. Well, the next thing is the actual <laughs> shift in policy, but also you yeah. gotta give um. You know, Bernie had her back. He came out with a really no – with an absolutely no bullshit clean statement. And, uh, you know, so props to him. That was a big deal too. We got to talk about this –
1: Michael Jackson documentary? Do we really have to? (laughs) I mean, we don't need to talk about its contents because, look, I'm going to be frank. I know that there's a faction on the Internet out there who is talking about, like, some of the testimony that these guys have made publicly during other court cases and the money and the this and the that. I watched um, the, the parts of that doc that I watched to hear what these guys were describing, all the archival footage. Photos, these kids went on tour with him, all of that stuff. Um, I I believe I tend to believe what they said, you know. And you can and you can choose not to, yeah. Um, And you can choose not to, and you can go 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 on living your life choosing not to. I tend to believe Michael Jackson when he said that he was sleeping with little boys on the BBC. Right? He didn't say he was having sex. He said, no, it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with kids who aren't even mine to sleep in my bed with me. He said that.
0: And, and I'm gonna quote here. Why can't you share your bed? The most loving thing to do is to share
1: your bed with, with someone. Yes. As we sit here today, do you still think that it's acceptable to share your bed with children? Of course. Of course, why not? If you're going to be a pedophile, if you're going to be Jack the Ripper, if you're going to be a murderer, it's not a good idea.
0: That I'm not. That's how we were raised. And I, I didn't sleep in the bed with the child. Even if I did, it's okay. I slept on the floor. I gave the bed to the child.
1: Yeah. Right? Like I, I choose to believe Michael Jackson in his own words, that this is behavior that he was participating in. Okay? Um. But my, my thing, of course, is what I'm more interested in is next steps. It's just like, how do you even confront this? You know, because guess what? This isn't, um, you know, I don't even know. Who are we canceling these days? Like, this isn't Harvey Weinstein, right? In that, like, whatever. We cancel that dude. Maybe he goes to jail. Maybe whatever. Some some of the misbehaviors of Hollywood gets cleaned up and we move on. This is Michael Jackson, right? Like, first of all, he's dead, that's, one, that's the one thing about canceling him. He's dead. You can't cancel. Like, he's canceled. Like, in the literal sense. Like, he's done. Right? Yeah. In that sense. But, like, his legacy permeates the entire structure of popular music as we know it. From sound to form to dancing. How people dance still to this day is informed by this dude. Everything. Like, you can't separate, like, the idea of canceling Michael Jackson. It's not that you have to cancel Bruno Mars, but it's like, how can you do it if a Bruno Mars exists? How can you cancel Michael when a Sierra exists, when a Chris Brown exists, when a Justin Timberlake exists, when a Beyonce exists? How do you cancel that? (laughs) You know, so... In in the sense that cancel culture, obviously, it's inadequate. And, you know, over on this show, we believe that to be the case. But it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. With many of these things, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think that, like, this – and this is an extreme example, obviously, because, frankly, obviously, if Michael Jackson did what he did – you know, their behavior, or excuse me, I should say, did what he's accused of doing. Obviously, there are behaviors that it's like, you know, this isn't like in the territory of there's a path back, you know what I mean? Like, there isn't a path back from that. Other things, there has to be a path back from, frankly. And I do think we need, as I always say, a way less puritanical, way less, you know, panicked culture because I think you know ultimately there is gonna be a lot of these cases where you know even just taking off of what you said like, <laughs> some people say like I they can't listen to Michael Jackson anymore. I totally understand and respect that. If that's I'm, I'm just gonna go
1: on record and say I'm not one of those people. Yeah I'm <laughs> but, gonna go on record
0: and say I'm not one of those people either. And I also think that it's like what is you know In these cultural products, like, okay, like say we were totally asleep at the wheel and you had people that were, you know, great athletes, artists. I mean, look, even O.J. Simpson, it literally took him killing his wife for them to even register that he was already like – Abusing the shit out of her, yeah. Like fucking just horrific physical abuse going on, right? So – And now we're like in this other tip where everything needs to be righteous. Everything needs to be clean. There's no ambiguities in life. There's no, you know, mistake and redemption. There's no different times and context. Obviously, again, that verbiage does not describe the behavior of what Michael Jackson is accused of. But it certainly describes, you know, other things. And it also describes how we consume art. And I just think like sitting with the discomfort And dealing with the ambiguity, which nobody wants to do, that's what the answer is. Like I'm not saying like, oh, forget it. Michael didn't do that. Put on Billie Jean, okay? But I also think you can't just, oh, well, it turns out he's an evil monster, so that's it. I don't think, I mean, literally that's not, and as you pointed out, that's literally not how life works. I mean, this guy is living and breathing in our culture every single day. Every single day. I do feel, I mean, to me though, the thing I would say, and then like, you know, cause like in the R Kelly case, and this would be different if Michael was alive, if they're actually doing those things, the first, like they just literally need to be removed from society. So people stop being harmed. But beyond that, you know, the question that I always go to is like, the infrastructure around a Michael Jackson if that was happening that means that record companies i'm sure knew about it yeah, that means that of course knew about it and that gets to my favorite area which is capitalism and the system and we need to just in general be way less like everybody's on a hunt for villains and that's fine and sometimes there are villains but the bigger, more abiding thing are our culture. It's and you could look at it. I mean, I look at it primarily through economics, but you could look at it through psychology. You can look at it through, uh, you know, toxic uh, gender ideas. To- you know, all of that. It's all valid, but you're never gonna just get like, you know. I see people on these sweeping missions: Michael Jackson, Dr. Seuss, Louie, and it's like, it's never gonna happen like that, right? <laughs> so everybody's got their own like that's you know what's i'll be biblical like log in your eye you know log what is it like the splinter in your eye the log in mine and again i'm not drawing like look very few people if michael jackson did what he did that is obviously horrific horrifying criminal behavior beyond the pale but i just think in general it's like you're not going to even out human existence. There's going to be uh, yeah. shit that's uncomfortable. And part of what's uncomfortable to me is like, yeah, you got to, I'm not going to stop listening to Michael Jackson. And even if I did, I wouldn't stop being influenced by him, as you said, through Bruno Mars or Beyonce, whoever. So how do we actually sit with that if he also did these horrible things?
1: And by the way, he was I mean, also certainly abused himself. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I just think people just, want these quick easy answers as to not deal with ourselves right like what does it mean that i was a michael jackson super fan that i knew he went to court two times already and didn't care like what does this say about me right like i think people kind of want to deflect that and you know i want to go back to what you said like these these are outcomes of a system right a system of you know, placating very rich people and then allowing them to get away with bad behaviors. Like, it's a system that we have implemented, right? And we have to do better about our systems and our culture, like you said. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, what, what is no longer streaming this dude on Spotify going to do for anyone? I don't understand that as a consequence. And you can say it's a cop. I was like, well, why do you want to... It's like, first of all, you can't shame me. You cannot shame me for dancing to rock with you. You can't do it. I will not be al- <laughs> I will not allow you to. Like, that's not what it is. I'm just saying, like, what are the outcomes that we actually want? Is it not less abused people out in the world, right? Like, this is something that we need to learn from. That and well, we that's what I'm saying. Be that's forward.
0: exactly what the distinction that I would draw is, right? Like, if somebody tells me. Because of just their response to watching a documentary or if God forbid they've been abused in that way, that they just cannot enjoy that music anymore. I get – I mean I, not only don't I have a – I just don't even have a comment on that. I respect that 100%. But it's the people who are like, well, this just needs to be removed from Spotify. And you know what's funny is like what you're That's actually doing, what you're actually doing is literally eliminating joy from the world. Like that's what you're doing. You can make yourself feel like you've accomplished something, which you haven't, you've made zero difference in any systems change or any substantive. You're just doing performative bullshit, but literally all you've done. And, and and if anybody is being honest, like, you know, literally like fucking dance parties in your house with your family, let alone like big parties, like that music has been on. People have felt great feelings, And again, the dialectic is you can't just lose sight of the big of the other reality in that either. You gotta be able to sit with all of it. But the just response of like, oh well, that's done. It's ridiculous. Nah, that's crazy. It's not gonna accomplish anything.
1: It's just And people gotta understand just for practical purposes. Um the whole world hasn't seen this documentary, right? Right. And so the whole world mostly. Is gonna go on not giving a damn about this doc, right? right. And so that's that's what cancel culture doesn't want to confront. It's like your little bubble on Twitter is a speck on the ass right. of reality, okay? Right. Like r- reality is that like we have to now navigate a world who didn't watch this documentary and isn't writing think pieces on it, right? And we have to navigate what that means, how we improve that world, because that's the world we got, <laughs> okay? Like, I want to talk about the doc, because I know our listeners, the people who love what we do, have watched it, and they have opinions, and I know that they care about what we, what we think about it. But outside of that, that's a small part of it. How me and Mike individually feel about it. Like, we live in a world where people do allow their younger people to get a, a abused by people in their family. And this, this, that, and the third. And how do we get better at that? Right? Like, what? whether we listen to Beat It Again, it ultimately doesn't matter in the grand scheme. It's about that kid that you may know and how maybe you can help him, right? And not be complicit like we all were with Mike, that's the ultimate lesson, in my opinion, not to get on my high horse, you
0: know? No, I, I mean, I agree 100%. What is your response to the, the allegations that were were brought by the
1: district attorney in Santa Barbara that you you molested this boy?
0: Totally false. Before I would hurt a child, I would slit my wrists. I would never hurt a child. This is totally false. I was outraged. I could never do something like that.
1: This is a kid you knew? Yes. How would you characterize your relationship with this boy?
0: I've helped many, many, many children. Thousands of children. Cancer kids, leukemia kids. This is one of many. touch on this brazil letter for a second but yes. i'm seeing i'm seeing breaking news from rob and maybe rob should put in the breaking news music okay yeah. that uh paul manafort what did he get rob he got a pretty light sentence it looks like
1: what did he get yeah um he just got 47 months i mean what four well, years that, Wait, and now
0: is he still waiting to be sentenced for other crimes though or is that it
1: um, it just says on this that a federal judge uh, sentenced uh, Manafort to serve 70, 47 months. Uh, he was convicted in court last summer in eight counts of bank fraud, tax fraud, and failing to file a foreign bank account report. That's that sounds about right for that crime. Now, where but where is he doing the time? That I'm, <laughs> that's what Virginia I'm looks like. Yeah, Virginia. Question. <laughs> that's because that's four years in Clinton Correctional in upstate New York. Is a lot different than four years, you know, in some of these other uh, country club situations, right? Or as my man from uh, from Office Space would say, "Federal pound me in the ass prison." <laughs> So I know was, that's a, know that a joke is important. Key not, that we that. not that we wish that. Like, not that we wish that we no, I don't want to joke about prison rape, but it's not even about the prison rape aspect. It's just like it's harder. You might get your ass whooped. Not, like we don't have to go on on even go that far. Like you might be fearing for your life every day true. in those situations, man. I mean, he might be fearing
0: for his life anyways. Anyways. Yeah, his, his like you his know, affiliations his, in
1: the past. His,
0: yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I think I just think that uh I don't know. The only thing I have to add to it is, is you know, the obvious point that there are people who've done nothing that, uh, you know, have nonviolent charges or, right. you know, did something when they were younger. They have their whole lives upended. I know. I mean, uh, people who you could look up. I mean, you could look up people who've literally served hard time for digital, pri- you know, piracy. Like, yep, we're an insanely over criminalized culture. And obviously, If you applied the same punitive logic to him, you'd throw away the key. Um, Facts. And then, you know, on the other hand – and then as Waz always points out and it's worth pointing out that it's like, look, on one hand, I think it's important to be real about the nature of this government under Trump and the Republican Party. But, you know, if it was any other politician – you know, if David Axelrod was doing a bid for wire fraud, oh my god, you know, that would reflect pretty poorly on Barack Obama. So we gotta for <laughs> that. Uh, we you we know, do have
1: this, to remember that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think we gotta remember that this is actually pretty significant. So the best way I would say is to, you know, uh, politely or whatever you consider to be polite, you know, just basically just, you know, tweet Donald Trump and various members of his stupid family and remind him what happened to Paul Manafort. All right. You want to get into Brazil, Mike? Yeah. Let me just say this real quick. So, like, I've been working, you know, obviously, if you if you follow and my show, I cover Brazil a lot because I think Brazil is a lot of parallels to the United States. It's the biggest country in Latin America. And also, you do have this iconic political prisoner, uh, Lula, Luis Inacio Lula da Silva, who is the president. For two terms, from like 2003 to 2010, where he brought literally 40 million people out of poverty and eliminated hunger in Brazil and was this like global success and icon. And there's been this like basically military-supervised, US-supported – first, it was a coup that removed Dilma Rousseff, who was Lula's successor from office on literally an accounting technicality. And then – stuck Lula in jail without literally no material evidence on just on testimony of people copping pleas in a massive corruption scandal. And he led all the polls in terms of having a comeback, but he was barred from running and put in solitary confinement. This is a country where like, first you have the you know, plenty of mainline politicians who have serious corruption scandals who never go to jail and there's infinitely more evidence than of than for Lula. Then you also have like drug cartel heads who do prison interviews on TV and he's held in solitary and put in jail with no serious evidence, right? So – It's a political process. He's a political prisoner. And what that then allowed was for this guy, J.R. Bolsonaro, who's like Brazil's Trump, although honestly, he's more – he's literally an advocate of the fascist dictatorship. He said the problem with Brazil's military dictatorship was that it didn't kill enough people. And in the first couple of months he's been in power, there's already like huge, actually serious corruption scandals involving him and his family, particularly his son's, potentially getting money funneled into their bank accounts from a a hit squad criminal cartel that is actually known for assassinating a woman named Marielle Franco. And he's also done everything that, you know, all of the corporations in Canada and the United States wants. He's putting the Amazon on the chopping block, which is a catastrophe for the indigenous people there. But it's also like would majorly accelerate global warming. He's attacking labor unions, pensions, LGBTQ people are under assault, Afro-Brazilians are even more under assault in a place that already has like massive rates of police murders in the favelas. And Lula is still imprisoned and silenced. Um, so I'll just say like the it could have been stronger, but 28 members of Congress, including uh, it was led by Congresswoman Susan Wild from Pennsylvania, and <clears throat> Anna from California, but it was signed by you know good you know AOC, Ilhan Omar, but also Bobby Rush and Jamie Raskin, and actually Charlie Crist, who's the former governor of Florida. And they basically just are urging, you know, and it will. This obviously, Pompeo and Trump love all of these abuses, so it will make no difference. But it's addressed (laughs) to Mike Pompeo, but this is causing a lot of attention in Brazil. And they said, "I'll just quote briefly from it." As a still-developing country, Brazil must be particularly uh, diligent, vigilant in protecting its institutions and ensuring the separation of powers in the country. Even before Bolsonaro took office, the regressive dra- trends pushing against Brazil's democracy were clear. It should be a concern to all those who are committed to Brazilian democracy that Bolsonaro was elected after former president Luiz Inácio Lula de Silva, widely acknowledged to be the most popular political leader in Brazil, was barred from running in, constitution- in controversial circumstances that put it right. Uh, put at risk the right of the people of brazil to freely choose their president of course it wasn't controversial it's bullshit circumstances and the prosecutor that put him in jail is now uh, bolsonaro's justice minister so it's a really disgusting corrupt process and the letter also focuses on his assault on unions lgbtq and um uh, the amazon and indigenous people so i would just say like I would love that more and more people are paying attention to this and maybe they can get a copy of this letter and put it on social media thank the congress people that signed it call out those you know maybe who didn't and also push much more specifically for a letter on on uh, freeing Lula because that's kind of like in some ways what this whole coup basically hinges on. And also, they're about to do the same thing in Argentina, which I know less about, but I know Christina Kirchner, who was – she was also president before, and she's trying to run again against another US-backed right-wing leader, McCree, and uh, they're basically trying to put her in prison as well. So <laughs> – you know, maybe there's more evidence against her, but the trend of using they call it lawfare to block left wing governments is part of like a new wave of you know US backed forces in, in our in Latin America. And of course this correlates with what was happening in Venezuela. So, you know, I just care about this and I just wanted to hit that too, and definitely also into you know, can't elaborate on it, but the you know, the TMBS universe definitely helped make this happen. So yep. props to everybody. I-
1: and I just want to say uh, this is really cool to see because this is something as, as you know, f- far back as four years ago, I would have had a hard time imagining that this would have got a lighted day with, with our government people. Right. So it's, it's cool to see the shifts, right? Like, obviously, we're not going to walk outside tomorrow and be living in <laughs> communism utopia. <laughs> but— <laughs> But it's just cool to see the shifts, you know, Um, it's, it's nice. It's really nice.
0: Oh yeah. Def- no, I mean, there's a positive signal here and, you know, and in some ways, I mean, one of the reasons that Lula is such a great leader is like, imagine, I mean, he pulled off all this incredible accomplishments in his country when like George Bush was president, you know, like Boy. it wasn't even a context, you know, for what he was delivering for his people in that historical era. It wasn't like he was there when, you know, Amlo was out there in Mexico or Bernie was rising or Corbyn was rising. He was, you know, kind of on his own. But then on the other hand, when he was in office, he was the most popular politician on the planet. So, you know, it's, it's, he's also just a, Fascinating dude, and it's very much worth learning about him and the Workers Party, and you know the connections between Latin America and the United States and the Caribbean, because obviously we do a lot of abuses all over the world, but you know that's that's our hemisphere that we just relentlessly dominate. So right, we got to. Um,
1: I just want to say one last thing. Um, I was really off your man Cornell West for a little while because it just. How greasy he would talk about Barack. And it's not even that he had uh, criticisms that were, you know, unfair. I just felt like the attacks seemed a little personal. Yeah. And I was like, you I don't need that. to talk about that black man like that in public. Right. Right. Like, it's just one of those, those things where like sometimes black people shouldn't be having these convos out in public with each other. Right, I just feel like that sometimes, but then I listened to him, I listened to him on Mehdi Hassan's podcast today, and I was like, man, I'm back on board. You, know, what I mean, <laughs> you see same. what I'm saying? He's <laughs> <I feel> like, <laughs> nobody is perfect. Yeah, no thanks. but is the best. He's the best, bro. He is the best. He is the motherfucking best. Anyway, um thank you guys for listening, man. We appreciate all the love and support that the love at the Boston show was insane. I swear to God, five separate Haitian Boston Haitians ran up on me like, "Yo, boy, I love what you're doing. I love that you put on for the set. I love that you put on for all the Zos, the whole diaspora out there. I appreciate y'all, man. So, shout to but shout to everybody who came to the Boston show. And I'm, um, you know, thank you as always for listening to what we do. Like I said, we got some – I feel like we got some amazing things in store for this year. Um, this show, Bomb, is only going to get bigger and bigger. Me and Michael Brooks only going to get better and better. You know what I'm saying? I'm just really excited for uh, what's what's to come.
0: Absolutely. Um, come to the L.A. show. Get your tickets. That's going to be incredible. Get them at the Bootleg Theater Michael Brooks Live Show L.A. Uh, with, of course, Waz, Anna Kasparian, Nando Vila. Uh, become a patron of The Michael Brooks Show, patreon.com slash TMBS. Get that full global political education. And also, you know, we fuck around and have a lot of fun. You could also subscribe on YouTube uh, or our our YouTube channel or on iTunes, and you can catch me on The Majority Report. Uh, thanks, everybody. Love you all. Thanks, Waz. Thanks, Rob. Thanks to the whole click. All right. Be well.
1: We out.